0: Hello, this is Pixelated Playgrounds, a monthly gaming book club podcast discussing the art and craft of video games. I'm Brian Skersha.
1: I'm Josh Galecki, and this month we are doing a heist cast.
0: That's right. We have been uh, looking at uh, some of our favorite heists in games, and Monaco has been a game we've both admired and enjoyed since the, the mid-tens, and with few... Uh, options for in-person socialization in recent months, we've said, why don't we get together and do some online heists? So Monaco came up. This was a game that was initially released in 2013 for Xbox 360, Windows, Mac, and Linux. And then again, just recently in 2019 for Nintendo Switch. How about that?
1: Really? It came out on Switch just a bit ago. I could see it working really well on the Switch.
0: Totally. Especially like um, couch co-op. That'd be a blast. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was uh, when it was originally released, uh, it was at the 2010 uh, Indie Games Festival. And it was uh, very well received there. Uh, it was prototyped by Andy Schatz while he was working for TKO Software based in Santa Cruz, California. And he claims that it was inspired uh, by a top-down mini-map in the Hitman series of games.
1: Oh, no kidding. Uh, that's interesting how kind of the perspective shift can really bring out a different game over there Uh, I remember I saw the original Doom level level editor which was a top down view as opposed to the kind of the first person thing that we know Doom for and the shift to the top down kind of made a lot of things make sense like that game plays very well as a top down shooter and you kind of see how the design works into that and leads into that
0: yeah i think if i recall correctly even though there are elements of height in the way the game is perceived on the screen uh the maps and levels are all laid out like you said as a complete like 2d grid so if you're looking at it from a top-down perspective it's like as you said a basically just a, a bitmap mm-hmm. um, which is fascinating the way that they you know did that and technical limitations being what they were at the time it's obviously a very novel solution um uh, that being said um uh, Shat's plan for this game was basically The Sims meets Diablo meets Hitman uh, which you know, is a, a <laughs> hell of a meets great. meets meets <laughs> if I've ever heard one <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah he uh, he did it as a prototype when he was still working at TKO and later left, founded his own company called PocketWatch Watch Games and we uh, decided to launch the game himself so um, bully for him for getting out there, doing his own thing, going indie and uh, making a pretty cool game pretty successful in its own right
1: absolutely uh the game worked out super well uh and i do believe this is part of the XNA club back around the time when i was trying to be an XNA dev myself and his was one of the twitter accounts i first followed because he gave such good technical explanations of what he was doing with the game and there was a lot of good stuff going on here
0: yeah yeah it's a really cool game that also uh it has a lot going for it just in terms of its simplicity of design, um, but maybe we just kick off with what what's the elevator pitch for this game, and to my mind, uh, this is basically a game where you are a member of a small up to four person heist team, you embody one of the members of that team which has a specialization of their own, and the goal is to uh, stealthily Uh, pilfer, rob, and steal uh, all the gold in a given uh, locale and then make your way out safely uh, ideally without being detected
1: I'll do you one better than that for the summary this is Oceans 11 the game Uh, this game (laughs) is very much about heist movies um, and the stereotypes and archetypes that you find therein Um, in fact your characters don't even have names they have archetypes as their uh, classes like you could be the redhead or you could be the lockpick
0: They all basically have a skill set that they uh, can utilize to traverse the level more easily. The locksmith can open up doors more quickly. The Mm -hmm. uh, mole can dig through walls and open vents more quickly, although at the cost of some additional noise.
1: (laughs) The cleaner will knock out unsuspecting guards that he can sneak up behind. Uh, Yeah, I feel like not just Ocean's Eleven, but all the other heist movies that are out there. This game is an, an homage to all of those.
0: Yeah, everybody's got their specialty, and the fun—the fun thing when you're playing with other people, because as we mentioned up top, this game is a a co-op heavy experience—is when you're sort of relying on your teammates to make use of their class's special skill to, um, you know, traverse the level, uh, get in, get out, and remain undetected.
1: Absolutely, Uh, yeah. Like, there's eight different characters in the game, all with their unique skill set, and. They all are very useful, but in different ways. Uh, Going into a mission with a different set of characters will necessitate a different strategy. You go for cleaning out the safe and the bank and all that.
0: I think there's definitely levels that play better to have a certain class versus another, but I'm pretty sure every level can be finished with any combination of characters.
1: Not only that, I think every level can be finished off solo with any character. Um, not easily mind you, but I think I'm pretty (laughs) sure it can be done. Um, this game is very much meant to be a multiplayer experience. I mean, you can rob a bank by yourself, but this game teaches you it's much easier to do with three friends. Also as a kind of side thing to these, uh, all these characters have besides their major specialty and special ability, they all have things they are better at doing like, um, if you get hit with a shotgun to the face, you're dead, you're a corpse. Um, you can be revived by your teammates, but the redhead will revive faster than, uh, the other characters will. Or if you're trying to hide in a tree, the pickpocket climbs into trees faster. Um, I think the lookout climbs into vents faster. Like everybody has a little secondary skill that they're better at doing than other people.
0: Yeah. And, um, In addition to all of these different interactable things on the map, the game also throws various items around the level at you. Um, There's guns, there's C4, um, there's a a few different things that you can use to sort of affect the environment or deal with the enemies that are coming up against you, Mm -hmm. uh, should you want to take it that route.
1: Yeah, there's a. And not just the violent things like explosions and guns, but there's uh, band aids that heal allies around you. There are smoke grenades that uh, make enemies lose sight of you. Um, There are wrenches that let you complete an action like breaking into the safe instantly, uh, which can be a big thing if you're. uh, Because, you know, some of these safes are pretty hard to crack.
0: Yeah, or are guarded by a camera you can only disable for a limited time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. And if it sounds complicated, I think the really special thing that this game did was make it so easy to interact with all of these various, um, systems.
1: Absolutely. Uh, one of the kind of highlights from about this game from a game design perspective, it's, it's, it's one button UI system. Like if you're trying to go into a locked door You get up to the door, and you just try to walk through it, and your character starts trying to lockpick. The little timer UI element shows up above the door, and it's a little circle that fills up slowly, depending on how hard the door is to break into. Same thing if you're going into a safe, if you're trying to disable a security camera. um, Anything you're going to do, it's a very simple UI system. You walk into it, and things happen.
0: And I think the one button UI in terms of how you're interacting with the game is uh, completely aided and made possible by how clear uh, everything is on screen. I really love the top down view they give you and the fact that when you're not seeing, uh, because this game does have a fog of war mechanic, when you're not seeing within your line of sight, a sort of blueprint view of the uh, area you're in comes up. It's all very readable and... uh, simple and it keeps things from getting overwhelming even with this many systems at play.
1: It's super useful too because you could walk into a room and think, oh, nothing important here, but then you leave the room, the door closes behind you and you see this little white icon that says, oh here's where you can shut off power to the security system or here's where a um, here's where a coin is that you need to collect if you're trying to complete the level 100%. Um, so it's ver uh that even though you have the line of sight, this blueprint stays with you afterwards and you can kind of scan the level and see where you need to go, what you can do in which areas. And although you don't know where the NPCs are or the enemy guards are inside that room, you know kind of what's in there. Another kind of thing talking about that um guard NPC UI is if you're standing still you can hear and see the footprints of people walking in rooms that you can't see through so you can kind of tell when a guard's about to come through this door and see you so you can make a break for a hiding place or try to break their line of sight somehow
0: yeah it's pretty cool and um, in addition to seeing uh, all of where your or all of where your enemies are uh, a, a simple button push allows you to see where all of the line of sights of your uh, partners are as well. And I thought that was a weird choice to require you to enable the partner view. I feel like the game would be really difficult to play without that that partner view.
1: I kind of agree with that. Um, I don't remember... It's been a little, uh, it's been a minute since we played this, but does that start enabled by default? Do you know?
0: Yeah, it does not. And I hmm. remember being like confused for a bit, and then we press a button, and all of a sudden I could see, you know, exactly where you were and see your line of sight, and like, oh, well, this just makes this way easier. And, you know, when we're playing uh, online with each other uh, from, you know, many miles away and you know just chatting on video chat it's certainly possible to do it without it but it it makes it a lot easier when you can see everything your your partners are doing
1: yeah i feel like it would have been a better decision to make that as a hardcore mode or something like that uh, as Mm -hmm. opposed to being a button to enable uh this game does i'd say otherwise does a very good job with its online multiplayer um one of the interesting things about this, I saw a talk about this dev about how he wanted to encourage cooperative play in the game um, because this game is best experienced with four other thi- or with four thieves total going through that. So you and three friends or three random strangers. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the things I remember about this game when I first started playing it and. I don't know 2012 2013 or whenever it came out um was that the online community was very helpful as compared to a lot of other games like uh uh World of Warcraft and um whatever the war, Warhammer online and those things and then like playing Halo online with other people and goodness what a cesspool of human interaction <laughs> that turned out to be
0: yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot different type of player playing Monaco than you are playing Counter Strike or, you know, Call of Duty at the the time. So yeah, you're you're definitely right that the game encourages a different type of player. I think this is more in line with the journey type of player than the, the Call of Duty type of player.
1: I think it was a very intentional decision by Andy Schatz in order to do so. In fact I remember reading some things about the systems he had in play in order to Encourage that kind of online cooperation. Like for instance. um, You can't leave a level. Unless all four thieves are with you. So if somebody dies. On the way to the escape vehicle. Then you're not leaving until you save that person. Or die trying. Like there's no way to end the level early. Unless everybody is on the same page. And he was saying that was an... Uh, He put that as a kind of encouragement to make online play more civil. Um, If you are looking out after somebody else and you know you need to get them to the end in order to move on, you're going to have a different type of attitude than if the other players are more expendable. And you just got to make sure you get to the end.
0: Yeah. And you never know um, what you're going to get when you're queuing up with someone in a waiting room ahead of starting a mission. There's no indication of the skill level of the person that you're about to enter uh, the level with. So you don't, you know, if you're going to be the the anchor on the team who is, you know, bringing everyone along and keeping everyone alive, or if you're going to be the <laughs> the one weighing down the, the team, so to mm-hmm. speak.
1: I do remember when we were playing, uh, it was the three of us And that's how we are doing most missions because like most games that are 10 years old, this game had more people playing at the beginning of its release cycle than a decade on. Uh, But there was one player who joined us and he was a very skilled player as well. Um, And he was trying to give advice and help us out too. Uh, But myself having played probably some 30 to 40 something hours of this game and then Brian and Clint who were more you know, new, junior. <laughs> more junior. They didn't know about like, oh, the redhead revives faster or things like that because they haven't played as much. That's that's yeah. fine. Um, but he was trying to help out too and give advice. Um, I would say that that kind of flavor of online interaction was even more present towards the beginning. Um, I was surprised at the level of cooperation and voice chat that went on in this game when it first came out. Uh, people trying to get everybody on the same page coming up with a plan the plan would go wrong eventually but then dealing with the consequences and moving on from there
0: well it's a lot different than um like a team a deathmatch style gameplay right like in even in team matches in normal online shooters you can be a skilled player and still hold a good deal of derision for your fellow teammate uh that's just not going to get you very far when you are required to have all you know basically the the chain is only as strong as its weakest link aspect of the heist that's mm-hmm. going on in in monaco
1: i completely agree and i think it was a kind of a masterstroke um, if mm-hmm. we're doing josh video game vocab bingo that's one of my <laughs> words I think um, masterstroke. <laughs> Ching. that was a design masterstroke, right there was that um, you can't just leave other players behind you have to drag them to the finish line kicking and screaming if necessary but <laughs> you don't go unless the other players are going. and this is not just like finishing off the level two uh, these levels have like you're on the first floor you're on the second floor you're on the basement you cannot leave one level to the other without everybody else being with you so not only do you need to make sure they're alive but you also need to make sure everybody's on the same page too with what Mm -hmm. the current plan is where we're trying to go
0: yep agreed it it definitely uh forces you to play in a much more cooperative way and uh, the game is definitely better for it
1: absolutely absolutely I really like the music in this game. It reminds me of this player piano style kind of thing. If you know those um, kind of like old-timey westerns where they have the piano with the little holes in the paper and it reads that and it starts playing by itself. Mm -hmm. The the music kind of reminded me of that. It worked very well. It has the stealthy I'm sneaking around kind of music. And then it has the like, oh shit, I've been caught by everybody. Time to panic kind of music.
0: It, it reminds me of the music in a silent movie um, yes and... yes
1: silent movie very that's what I'm going for there with the player piano yeah um, kind of old timey music
0: absolutely and uh, composed by Austin Wintery, who we've recently talked about in our Journey podcast uh, you know he's the composer huh. for Journey as well as Banner Saga, Abzu um, so yeah, you know, he's obviously a very talented composer, and, uh, the thing I like most about the soundtrack in this game is its dynamic aspect, where, um, it immediately shifts from, uh, a very calm and, like you said, a heisty, sneaky pitch into sort of a things-are-going-crazy, the damsel-is-on-the-railroad-tracks-style franticness, <laughs> uh, once you're detected. On top of the uh, the music, the sound design is also generally great. There is voice acting that happens when uh, you're overhearing guards or caught by guards. Uh, there's the sound of bandaging up a friend, which basically sounds like you're rummaging around in their guts, which is gross <laughs> and quite funny.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you moved from quite gross to quite funny afterwards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously like slapstick, but... Um, it's sound slapstick. But yeah, it's it's pretty great. Uh, they they nailed the audio aspects of this game. And uh, I always found it to be uh, enjoyable and additive to the experience.
1: One of the things I really liked about the sound design was that everybody spoke French. Monaco <laughs> is on the southern coast of France. It's its own country. But uh, obviously, when you're this tiny little thing surrounded by country as big as France um, it's going to have some influences Uh, I think the national language is French there and you would hear things like uh, when a guard thought he heard something he'd be be like qu'est-ce que c'est or oh uh, I'm sorry my French is terrible but he would say something like oh it's only the cat Uh, when he (laughs) came to investigate and nothing was there I think it kind of added to the immersion in it because Monaco is like you know this very high class sort of country they got casinos they got the um formula uh the uh F1, formula one racing formula yeah. one racing yeah they got this is the playground of the rich and famous over there and you know everyone speaking french there just made it a little extra like ooh, chef's kiss
0: and while we're uh while we're talking about sort of the the window dressing to this game, we haven't touched at all on the story, which uh, is told in cutscenes in between each of the levels and actually features some pretty good writing and a fair amount of twists and turns. Like, it punches way above its weight class, in my opinion.
1: Oh, I think so, absolutely. I mean, if you have your heist movie, which I I said before, I believe this this, uh, video game is like an homage to the heist movie, Um, you have your double cross, you have your twist. And Mm -hmm. this game does a very good job with that. Uh, The structure of the game is that you play through this set of missions. I think there's something like 15 or 16 missions you play through, and it's the locksmith story. And that's kind of the easy mode. Um, And the locksmith is getting interrogated by this police officer. And um, in between the robbing the banks and the robbing the casino and robbing everything in sight... (laughs) <laughs> uh, you get these cutscenes where he, the locksmith is being interrogated by Inspector Voltaire um, and talking about what happened. Once you're all done with this first set of missions, you play through those same missions again. As uh, this is the pickpocket story, and the pickpocket has a different twist on things, which kind of makes you question everything that happened. The first time through,
0: they do some really cool recontextualizing of the entire story so far right at the end, um, complete with mechanical adjustments to to boot, which is pretty neat.
1: So, yeah, I, I agree completely with that. There is a lot of recontextualization. I like that they dug into the mechanical aspects of the twist as well as the narrative, because that's what you can do with video games. You can explain something through mechanics as well as you can through the narrative, which is what they did in this game. Um. So there are eight characters in this game, but in the last mission, you find out that these eight characters are just four characters, uh, and that the criminals, the crooks, they've been lying to the police detective the entire time. The interesting thing about it is that the way they show that these eight characters are just these four characters is that they double up on the special abilities of the criminals. So, for example, whereas before you had a hacker character and you had a cleaner character who could knock the guards unconscious, when you start this final mission, which has a great soundtrack, by the way, when you start this final mission, you have a character that does the hacking and the cleaning. He has both special abilities, which is it's great as a way to kind of like... um do a victory lap around the whole game in terms of mechanics.
0: It's like empowered gravity guns levels of powerful, if we're talking Half-Life 2 references. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's great. Feels good to have so many different weapons in your arsenal for that final mission.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you got to that level. You've played through all these missions twice over, both on the quote-unquote easy mode and hard mode. Um, So you know the mechanics at this point fairly well. And... You definitely appreciate having um, the extra abilities. Now, the level's designed so that it's an extra challenge to make up for your extra abilities, but it's a good way to explain through the mechanics of the game how the narrative works out, because they only vaguely hint at the combination of characters in the final cutscene before the final level. Um, It's only when you play the game itself that you're like, oh, wait, I have more abilities now that kind of changes how I'm thinking about what's going on
0: yep yeah it's it's a very cool uh, twist, uh, recontextualizes the, is the story and does so with mechanics that is the trifecta I think uh, that's how video games should, should do a twist
1: it's called sticking the landing right there
0: shadows closing on me, the bound
1: We talked a little bit before about when the music shifts from the stealth mode to the panic mode when you've been caught. Um, This game is very much about hiding, escaping, diverting, dodging doing whatever you can to break the guard's line of sight and find a hiding place until things blow over. Once that happens, things go back to stealth mode and you're able to sneak around again. The guards aren't necessarily on a higher level of alert at that point. The way you plan these heists out is that you come up with a plan, maybe you try to distract a guard to come out of this room, um, get him out of his normal patrol line, but then once he's, uh, once he's out of that, you can take advantage of that, you can sneak into another room, you can get the gold, grab it, go out of there. Or if it doesn't work out, if things don't work out like you planned them, then you can just kind of reset everything. Everything goes back to normal after you um, quote-unquote mess up and get caught by other guards.
0: Yeah, the levels have a nice sort of clockwork aspect to them where eventually the machine will sort of find its equilibrium again and go back to how things were at its steady state. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're able to identify what that is and use it to your advantage, you can um, pretty much go wherever you want uh, if you're willing to wait. I think the the challenge of the game and the stealth and distraction that you're trying to pull is doing it in a timely fashion, getting in, getting out, and, uh, you know, keeping it action-packed.
1: Hmm. I will tell you, I've probably gone through 75% of the game on single player, and when you're playing it as a, sing- as a single person as opposed to as a team of four, it is much more deliberate and a slow-paced thing. Something that might take you oh, 10 yeah. minutes in multiplayer probably takes you 30 to 40 as a just going it alone.
0: I could see that. Yeah, especially since you don't have any backup and you can quickly become overwhelmed if you're not uh, setting things up exactly to your advantage.
1: On the other hand, it's a lot more predictable when you're doing it by yourself.
0: Hmm.
1: You can see the cause and (laughs) effect. You can see what goes on.
0: That's a good point. Uh, Some of the most fun, though, is uh, when something unexpected happens as a result of uh, maybe one of your party members slip ups.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good segue to our three word review for this game.
0: Fair point. Uh, maybe I'll I'll kick us off. Go for it. My three word review is delicious layer cake. Uh, like a delicious layer cake. The fun comes in several flavors that help make up the whole of Monaco. One, the story, well written, full of twists and surprises. Two, the stylish presentation of the map, the blueprint and overhead view that we talked about. And three, the manic charm of getting caught and bailed out by your friends, or sometimes being the one doing the bailing. <laughs>
1: Alright, my three-word review for this game is Chaotic Criminal Circus because you can play this game single player, but I don't necessarily recommend it unless you are looking for that kind of deliberate experience. This game shines with three other players in the game who may or may not be pros at the game, but the game leans into that kind of Uh, Circus, that kind of chaos that gets created. And, you know, the music is top-notch. The UI shows you everything you want to know. Um, But it's that kind of... The moment where everything breaks, where everything snaps. You have... You come up with this carefully laid plan on how to break into this bank safe. And it's all for naught when, um, you know... Surprise, this guard walked out of the bathroom at a time you weren't expecting it, and it blows the entire plan to pieces. Um, this game allows you to recover from that and do so in a meaningful way, and that, I think, is the magic of Monaco.
0: All right, well, thank you for joining us in our, our first heist cast. Uh, we had a great time discussing, or playing and discussing Monaco um, for Pixelated Playgrounds. I'm Brian Skersha.
1: I'm Josh Kalecki.
0: Take care and keep on stealing.